unless it kills you, it's not going to kill you. I think that's going to be the start of this video. So my initial obsession with fear came from in when I about like when I was like 12 or 10. I don't remember how it was somewhere in that like preteen area. I learned what the Cold War was and I learned what nuclear bombs were. And I asked if a nuclear bomb was set off in D.C. if we would get hit. And somebody said, probably. And yeah, I had dreams about that for the next six years of my life. <laughs> Today, uh, probably about like three months ago, I had a dream that I was going off onto an interstate and a nuclear bomb went off five feet from my face and everyone I knew and loved died. And these are just, this is just my set of issues. Um, I think somebody should have pointed out that, you know, a young preteen was asking if he was going to die from nuclear weaponry. But hey, that's just me living in 2019. And this was, oh, you know, the, a grand, you know, decade ago. So times are, ch times are changing. But the point is, I have always throughout my life been crippled by fear. In it, Growing up as a young teenager, I was very, very paranoid that everyone else who was talking was talking about me. Now, that is like normal for hashtag bullied kid. Like, that's a standard thing. Um, but it, it's a problem just because it's standard for that type of thing does not mean it, was, it wasn't negative. And it made it so hard for me to make friends because I was automatically defensive all the time on just full defense. And that moment that I talked about, that switch that I had where I just said, fuck everybody and fuck everything, there was no fear because I just didn't care anymore. Um, finding the balance of caring and not caring is, is the is the you know, solution, I think, to that. But we'll get to that. Uh, moving forward in my shitty relationship, I was scared that I was going to be alone. So I didn't leave sooner, and I didn't say anything, and I didn't try harder to do what was best for me because I didn't want to lose that those high feelings that I had with her. Because they do describe it, and I think it is an addiction when you're with somebody like that. Like, you want to be around them all the time, and those high moments are so ridiculously high that you just stay for those moments when things are good. But anyway, this isn't a this isn't about abuse. Uh, and then moving forward, after she broke up with me and I started to build my own new life from scratch, I developed this really big fear that I was going to get cancer. Now, I want to explain the difference here. This wasn't a what if I get cancer and die situation. This was a, I have cancer and I'm going to die. I'm going to die next week. I'm going to die in a month. I can't build anything with my life because I'm going to die. I can't quit my job because I'm going to die. And I can't find a new relationship. And I can't have fun because, God forbid, I have fun, make a good life, and then I die. And then I'm disappointed. And I li that's literally what happened. This isn't like oh, well, it was sort of like that, and I kind of bummed myself out. Literally, I stopped myself from being happy. I would go to work, go home, play Counter-Strike to block out the, you know, voices in my head that told me I was going to die, and then went to sleep and did it again the next day. And I have a very obsessive brain. When I think about something, 
I think about it and I'm locked into it and it's really, really, really hard for me to let that lock go. I made a um a mistake on something yesterday and I have not I, I have not stopped thinking about it since. Like it it's hard. Sleeping helps. Like I feel better about it today, definitely. Like in the morning I feel better and I and I have like a process that helps me process this information, but it's still difficult and I still remember the mistake. And so that type of obsessive behavior combined with, you know, a fear that I'm going to die really makes that worse. And, you know, I, I, I would do the stereotypical thing of looking online for my symptoms. And, of course, they all say cancer because why wouldn't they? So um, that became a huge, huge issue for me. And I, I mentioned the last one that I don't really remember a lot that happened, like 20 to 22. I want to make it more like... 20 like 23 ish like I remember events but until I really started healing then nothing really clicks like a lot of 15 to 19 is also a blur like all those in between like I remember key moments but when things started to get bad it's all gone like because because my version of bad is not doing anything at all I would I, I I'll say this to anybody who asks pain and and like feeling in pain and feeling like negativity and feeling uh bad quote unquote emotions and thoughts is a million times better than feeling nothing at all i firmly firmly believe that the worst times in my life are the times when i felt nothing and a lot of that all of that feeling nothing stems from the fact that I had this huge barricade in front of me and doing what I wanted to do. And that was this fear, this abnormal fear. And getting over it first involved the realization that I hated everything that was going on. It's, it's hard to realize truly that you hate something when you're not feeling anything, right? Like, cause you're not hating it. You're just living it. You're just moving. You're just like basically machine operated at this point. So coming to that realization and coming to the realization that I needed, I needed, didn't want, didn't like kind of feel like I needed to do something different. Something needed to change or this or, or I'm dead. Like, I'm not going to kill myself, but I'll be dead. Like, there's no point in me being alive if all I'm doing is going to work and then numbing whatever thoughts I have at night and then waking up the next day and doing it. So I went back to school and I went back to school for theater. Um, And the theater was helpful, but it's really hard to do theater when you're really scared (laughs) and you're really paranoid and all that stuff. Um, But I think that's why I did it. I think somewhere in me, I knew that that was the right thing to do and I knew I had to I had to put myself in the most uncomfortable position possible in order to grow. And I'm reaching that point now too, right? Like my school's over, I got my associates, I decided to not go into a bachelor's because I don't really have all the money together yet and I, I'm not positive it's what I want to do for a living. So now this is my new uncomfortable spot and being in uncomfortable positions is awesome. Um, 
let me let me go back to the fear for a second because the a big part of this journey of overcoming fear the big the big switch was going to school and having an environment of people to work with that wasn't my job where there wasn't an, an objective as a whole to just like perform a function but to really make something was a really nice barrier for me it was a really nice bubble and i i've learned i learned so much about myself and how I want myself to be from that experience. Um, I met my lovely girlfriend there, but that was just, you know, that's just chance, right? Like you never know when you're going to meet people, but that's beside the point. Um, but in that bubble, I started to explore other avenues of interests. I started um, looking at self-help stuff and, and reading self-help stuff. And that's when I found uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who has been a key part in my current growth. Um, but he was the one who actually said this. He said something along the lines of, God, what was it? Like health has to be the number one priority. That's what he said. And I know that seems obvious, but like when you're a young guy or a young anybody and you listen to certain people and you hear the cliche saying over and over again, but then it pops up in some, somewhere you're not expecting, it can hit you differently. Um, and it can hit you in a way where you actually like pay attention and listen. So I listened to that and I said, Jesus, he's, you know, he's right. A lot of this fear that I have and a lot of upset that I have is from this health, these health issues. Um, and, and it's so silly when you say it out loud. Cause like, of course it has to do with the health issues. Right. But in the moment, it's really hard to realize that in the moment when you're scared and you're constantly distracting yourself, you don't even think about it. It's subconscious, right? You just go to distract yourself because you're like, oh no, that hurts my feelings. That makes me fear for my safety. That makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to go play Counter-Strike and I'm going to go play Overwatch and I'm going to go play Fortnite and I'm going to go, you know, look at my Instagram. And I know this is kind of the cliche thing, but it's so easy. There's so much entertainment and there's so much abundance when it comes to that kind of thing that it's easy to do, right? Um, that's not to say that we have it, you know, worse than other people in terms of that sort of thing. I think we actually have it better, but I'll get to that. Let me stick to this. <laughs> so I go to the doctor, right? And my current problem at this given time of the, the cancer saga is throat cancer. I have these nodes that are swollen in my throat because I have Lyme's disease. I don't know why they're sw swollen. They, one day they swelled up and that was it. And no one can tell me why. And they never get any bigger. And I haven't died. So I'm I, at this point, I've gone to the doctors, I've gotten ultrasounds, I've gotten MRIs, and everyone tells me I'm okay. So I'm okay. They're not until something changes, I'm fine. And I just I just have to trust the doctor on that, and understand that. But going to the doctor was hard too, right? Because at this point in my life, I'm scared that when I go, they're gonna give me a prognosis that I'm gonna die. So like I don't want to I don't want to be told that I'm gonna die. So I don't go, and I don't go, and I don't go, and I don't go, and finally I go. Um, and they give me medicine. It turns out a big problem was a stomach acid reflux issue because of all the coffee I drink because I work at a coffee shop. So, like, there's that. So, and that was, and that's such a simple, nine times out of ten, it's a simple little thing. Our bodies are much frailer than, more frail, more more frail than we'd like to believe. 
and they break down easily. I am 24, quote-unquote, in my prime, and I have health issues, and that's okay. That's something that you have to, I feel like is always good to remind yourself when you're afraid of something, is that it's not going to kill you. Like, unless it kills you, it's not going to kill you, right? Like, unless, (laughs) I don't know any other way to put it, unless it's going to kill you, unless it kills you, it's not going to kill you. I think that's going to be the start of this video, (laughs) because I love that. That's that's literally the mentality that I have. Uh, at this, it's a mentality I have to have. I don't have a choice because if I don't feel that way, then I end up fucking up and not doing what I want to do and not stepping towards that fear instead of stepping away from it and and conquering it. Uh, you know, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Blah blah blah. I mean, this has been this is an age old concept, but having the ready tools to distract us constantly makes it harder and easier at the same time to address it's harder harder to address because we can distract ourselves right easy boom we're done it's easy to address because the idea of distracting ourselves becomes more apparent uh every single time that you feel something you distract yourself instead of talking to somebody about it right you distract yourself you distract yourself you distract yourself until one morning you wake up and you go like what happens if i put down my phone like, what happens if I shut off my computer? In older generations, I think, had it harder in this case, where if you felt something, A, you had to feel it, and B, you couldn't escape it. Like, oh, well, I have to go to the factory job that I have the next day to pay for my life to be okay, and oh, well, I only have these three other negative people who are also distracting themselves and who are in my ear all the time, so I don't have anybody else to listen to. I can't listen to somebody positive. I can't listen to somebody who's going to change my perspective or make me think differently because I only talk to five people in my life, so that's all I got, and we all live in the same community, so that's all I got, and the community breeds that same type of negativity because the first, I don't know, six people suddenly became negative, and then everyone else was negative, and now we're all just fucking negative, and (laughs) that's all I got. It's such a huge advantage being able to look at somebody else's life and be like, I wish I could. It starts as jealousy, right? I wish I could live like that. And then it becomes, I want to live like that. And then it becomes, I'm going to live like that. And then you map the path. You map the path from point A to point B. I decided one day that I didn't want to be miserable anymore and that I wanted to be happy. And so I started to map it. I started to work towards being happy. And I think not being afraid was the biggest first step. The biggest first step was actually being able to have the capability to do something about it. And the second step, uh, well, okay, that's not being afraid. We're not quite there yet. Like, I'm still afraid of some things, and I still have these fears and problems. But, like, it's all a process, right? And, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about that. Like, you you have to put health as number one. Like, you have to. There's no other way. You, you know, at every cent, if you have to pour every cent you have into your health, you have to do it to be healthy because if you don't have your health, then you're not, you're not going to have anything. Who cares if you've got a million dollars in the bank, but you're, like, going to die, right? <laughs> you got a month to enjoy a million dollars or I've got a lifetime to enjoy like 30. 
I'd rather have the lifetime. I really, I really, really, truly would. I think that there's a lot of great things. And, you know, getting over fear is the first step to figuring all that out. God, there's, there's so much more I want to talk about, but uh, I, I'm going to cut it off here. And it's about 15 minutes, and that's kind of where I want to keep the length so far because it's just me. And I think that's a consumable size. So, um, as always, uh, I knocked it towards me, the microphone. <laughs> I never know how to end these things. Um, <sighs> drink water today. Drink a gallon of water. Pour a gallon of water out for your homies. You do you, boo-boo.